The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today's day is about my boss makes me sick. Have you ever suffered from insomnia, weight gain, and because you hated your job? Have you ever had chronic flu, infections, joint pain, fatigue after suffering from being in a job you hated? Have you ever been passed over for advances, watched other people gossip about you? And been, you know, annoyed at work and gotten sick because of it. Today's your day because we're going to discuss, is my boss, is my job making me sick? In today's world, it's very common for people quitting a job, going on disability, because they were getting sick because of work. Today's show is going to change your life because it's going to teach you how to listen to the intuition in your body through work. To let you know that something in your life you need to give birth to. The work is only a symptom. The boss is only a symptom. And in fact, they're they're all part of your intuitive guidance system. That lets you know that you have some genius that you need to give birth to. But your body will steer you in the right direction through health problems. We're taking your calls, 816 2 251 3555 from within the United States and Canada. And remember, unityonlineradio.org is live, live every Wednesday from 4 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So when you look at intuition, work is really an important thing because it's part of a family. In medical intuition, that's first center. It leads to money, second center. It affects our self-esteem, and it's about responsibility, third center. And our boss, bosses, if they're mothers, if they're women or men, affects if we enacts our relationships with our mothers and fathers, fourth center. Fifth center 
we get to learn how to express who we are, how to talk to someone in authority or people at our same level, or even if you're the boss, talk to people that you employ. Sixth Center, you have to learn to use your intellect, your unique ability in a job. And Seventh Center, Purpose in Life, Why Am I Here? So many people just think work is responsibility and they talk about adrenal fatigue and blah, blah, blah. But you have to understand that work is an equal opportunity abuser. It can abuse or help every part of your body. If the gang at work is like a family that's abusive, the warning light will go off. In the first center, bones, joints, immune system, letting you know you don't feel safe and secure. You may feel like you're in the periphery. You may feel that the bullying you had at school is being recreated at work. That's what always amazes me. When people talk about their kids being bullied at school and we enact all these legislations about bullying in school, what happens in the work environment? What happens? Because really, there's only so much you can do to legislate behavior. In the end, we have to learn skills because you really can't control every nuance. Recently, there's a TV show, which I will remain nameless, that they say that's a hostile work environment, that there are micro aggressions. I think that's fascinating. We used to talk about sexual harassment overt. I've had someone at school when I was working, a professor, tell me some awful things of which I can't even say on the radio. But I elected to not turn him in because I thought that the amount of energy it would take would really ruin my career. And then I would think that he would get older and more feeble and the world would just grow without him. The thing is that I knew I was leaving there. However, if you're in a job long-term, you may not have the opportunity. Just like my computer screen that keeps going blank. You may find that your performance at work keeps going blank too, like a security on a screen. You may unwittingly start to have bad performance in an environment. And you have to ask yourself, why is that? It's not always a bad boss or a bad environment. What is it about your brain now or because of something in a relationship? Or because of something else going on in your life. Or maybe you're ill-suited for this work. Or maybe you're meant to go somewhere else. There have been times, second center, where the relationships in my life have been crapola. And that's an industry term. So that I couldn't work second center. So that I couldn't focus on work, third center. Oh my God, the cat's outside the window. So as a result, if you have a relationship that's crying in one of your ears, like that cat at the window, then you're not going to be able to focus at the work at hand. 
like the radio show. Because you'll hear that relationship crying in your ear. You'll hear the relate the child that's suffering cry in your heart. And you simply won't be able to focus. And so work does not happen to you in a vacuum. You simply have to learn how to put boundaries in your right brain between you and other people. And then that's fourth center. Fifth center is having a voice and having a say. There are people who've never learned how to say what they say to somebody something at the right time with the right amount of intensity after factors to consider. Now that sounds like a lot of words, but if you had an abusive childhood and someone was angry over you all the time and you were anxious, you never learned to have a say. You may have been submissive to avoid attacks. You may have been submissive and said nothing to avoid abuse. Then of course you go into therapy and you start to get empowered. And then you go to work and you become, oh, I don't know, having a voice that is outrageous because it's saying the wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time with the wrong amount of intensity. We have a frontal lobe that helps us select context because what you needed to say to your parents if you say it to a boss because they remind you of a parent, you'll soon find, well, your rear end on the pavement and you won't understand why and you'll think they're draconian. And that makes sense. On the other hand, some bosses are abusive. And you have to decide what's a short-term dynamic of when you can stay for a short-term like I did in medical school during a rotation, and whether the long-term implication of staying there is going to influence you. And then finally, last sixth center has to do with your mind. I know people who have had a brain injury or have ADHD that they end up working at a tourist assistance booth where they give directions, but their brain has no sense of direction. I remember I had a patient who had a brain injury and she couldn't, she had no right versus left. She had no sense of direction, but somehow vocational rehab got her a job so that she was helping people who came to Portland who stopped and asked for directions. I said, how do you do that? Given that she had a problem in the right brain. She said, oh, I just tell everybody the same set of directions go down two blocks, you take a right, you get to the stoplight, you take a left, go underneath the railroad tracks and you're there. I went, you're kidding. You may, I know that's a funny story, but it isn't. You may have the wrong brain for the right job and you're setting yourself up for failure and it might end up being an abusive environment for you because you're being asked to do something you simply cannot do. And though it may be excellent money, it will set you up for failure and a sense of humiliation, not to mention the people around you will look like they're doing something at ease that you find absolutely impossible. And finally, last but not least, is seven center is purpose in life. A lot of people find themselves in a job that they are brilliant at and they do it for years. 
And then all of a sudden, they develop a life-threatening, life-stopping illness, like a degenerative problem, a new autoimmune disease. And all of a sudden, that which was their genius, they cannot do. Perhaps you started a business. Perhaps you started a business with a mate. Perhaps it was a very successful business. And all of a sudden, seventh center of purpose, you're being asked to tie the strong part of your brain and body behind your back so you can develop another skill. That is very painful. This is not that you're in the wrong job. You were in the right job before, but you're being forced to find a new purpose, develop a new genius that you wouldn't have known if your body hadn't developed that health problem. And that happened to me because I spent $275,000 learning how to be a behavioral neurologist only to have my spine fall apart and me completely unable to bend over. And so I had to go into psychiatry so I could sit down and basically did medical intuition to pay back my student loans because really I just wanted to be an academic physician, do PhD, work in the lab, and by day work in a hospital. But, you know, that wasn't to be. I couldn't stand up. And so by necessity, and the same thing will happen to you. You'll be upset. You'll feel terrible. It will feel like a death. But necessity is the mother of invention. And that happens at work. And frequently our body, through medical intuition, lets us know that something in our life, through work, through bosses, needs to be changed. And as a result, work and bosses are a critical form of intuition in our life. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and we're talking about, is my boss, boss, is my job making me sick? If you want to know more about the solutions to today's show, you want to go to my Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. If you can't get on the phones today and you want a reading, a private reading, a two-hour, the regular comprehensive or the one-hour mini reading, go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com. We will go to line one. Karen, how can I be of help? I will go to line one. Audrey. Hey, Dr. Mona Lisa. Hi, how are you? How can I be of help? Good. I'm also Karen, so I, I didn't know which one you were are talking Are you Karen to. or Audrey? Which one I'm is Karen it? Audrey. Oh, for God's sakes. How can I be of help? <laughs> Thank you, Mona Lisa. Uh, Audrey in Knoxville. Um, I found your topic interesting. My whole life I've had tyrant female bosses, uh, just everyone I've ever had. And I've owned my own business uh, for years now. And the problem that I have is being assertive about anything with my employees because I don't want to be seen as a tyrant or as mean. Uh, and so now I can't get anything accomplished with my employees because I don't know how to be assertive enough. Well, first of all, it's really easy to say you've always had tyrant bosses. Now, let me ask you a question. Your problems are family. Families are supposed to make us feel safe and secure and give us a sense that we belong, are supported, and have a say. So just imagine yeah. that in the sky, 
there's an employment agency. Okay? Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of angels with clipboards, and they're directed by higher powers. And just like an unemployment agency where you go in there and they give you a ticket and you get issued, okay? Mm-hmm. You get these tickets for these jobs. But everybody around you is sitting in the same folding chairs and they get tickets for jobs too. Because remember now, mm-hmm. we're in the heavens and these angels issuing jobs to people. It's random, right? Right. Why is it that they're all tyrants for you? Now, you got to understand, I've done readings for 30 years. A lot of people say they have abuse, have had abuse in their past, but no one admits abusiveness. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone says that they've had a tyrant boss or they have problems at work, but no one says they're a tyrant. Yeah. It's like in (laughs) dancing. It's like in dancing. In mixed couples, there's always a leader and there's always a follower. Ballroom. So now I ask you, Missy, (laughs) there's always a leader and there's always a follower. Yes. And it just so happens that at work, it has to happen that way or nothing happens. You're the boss and it just so happens that you've been issued a ticket right now that you're a leader. Have you ever taken ballroom dance classes? Oh, yeah. I love it. Okay, good. I'm glad. (laughs) Okay. Do you learn, what part do you learn? I learned the follow, but honestly. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. (laughs) The lead, the, the, though the, the follower is difficult because you have to do everything backwards and often on heels. Yes, that's right. The leader is difficult, too, because they use that arm and they direct. Do you understand? I take over and I try to lead when I'm in a couple's position. And no, that's, so that's, that's always been hard no, no, no. for me. Then you're being a bad follower. You're having trouble. Wait a minute. Just listen to me. You say you've had tyrant bosses, okay? But you don't know how to be a, a follower in ballroom dance. So True. many people, if I was a, if I was your leader, and I was a man, I would say you're a tyrant. You're trying to you're trying to boss me around <laughs> on the dance floor. Alternately, right. alternately, if you were the leader and you're my boss, why aren't you leading me? You have spaghetti arms, you're weak. You're one of those people that I've danced with in ballroom dance that they don't give you clear signals. So and as that a result, you uses my brain. <laughs> no, it doesn't wait a minute now. Forget about you. It's not about you. When you dance and you are the follower, the leader mm-hmm. has to make the decisions. Or I look bad. You make me look bad. So it's your responsibility. To make your employees look good. Yeah. That's the phrase, help me to help you. So what you do is you fail on each position if you don't choose. Right. Do you understand? I do. (laughs) I know it makes you look good. It makes you look sweet. I don't. 
my bosses are tyrants, and so you feel bad for you. And I don't want to be a heavyweight on my employees. I don't want to look like a bitch, and I get that. On the other hand, just like children, if you don't give firm boundaries, they suffer and they get confused. Like animals, you have to give them firm instructions. True. That makes sense. But you have trouble with it. So my point is, you have to consider the role and the rules and why they're there. And stop being so wishy-washy. Choose a position and stay at it. You want to be an employee? Then you have to allow yourself to be led and follow and use the rules. And don't consider, I don't know if they're tyrants or not, but the point of the matter is, by sheer chance, all of your people could not possibly have been tyrants. You mean my bosses? All of your bosses couldn't possibly yeah. have been tyrants. Not every one of them. But there was well, but, you, but, 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 but you said they are. Wait a minute. But you said they were. When I look at your family... I see a family. Families are supposed to make us feel safe and secure and give us a sense that we belong, are supported, and have a say. I see a group of people where there's chaos. I see one person who's passive that thinks that nothing, everything is out of their hand. On another hand, I see someone who looks like they have everything under control and they're on the top, but they don't. Who are those people in your family? Probably my mother and father. My mother's very sick with Parkinson's, and my father's the caretaker, and uh, he tries to keep it together, but underneath it all, you know, I don't think he, he is together. And she was always kind of um, demanding and addicted, you know, and that type of thing, and now she's very sick, so it's kind of created So you understand dynamic. that she was passive but had more, more control that you, than you believe? And he yeah. looks like he's in control, but inept in doing it. Yes. You take both of those roles and you do it at work. Oh. <laughs> because you try to improve on your mother and try to improve on your father. And you can't yeah. do both. I look at your head. I see fatigue, dragginess. A change in your sleep-wakefulness cycle. Mm-hmm. It feels like you have low cortisol in the morning and high at night. I can't figure out if you can't turn off work at night and you continue working. And as a result, your cortisol keeps going up. Your epinephrine keeps going up. That disrupts your sleep, then disrupts your immune system. That's not good. It disrupts normal aging. It makes you have problems with memory. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. I see a change in range of motion in the right side of your neck. I can't figure out if that's due to an old injury, overuse, or muscle spasms on the right side of your neck. I wonder if it affects sensation in your right arm, your shoulder, and your hand. I look at your left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast, esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I see a change in motility in your middle and lower GI tract. I can't figure out if food gets stuck 
in the lower part of your esophagus. If as a result you have excess acid, excess bacteria in your stomach or what that is. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, uterus, left ovary, right ovary, and cervix if you still have them. Someone early on, some fly-by-night irresponsible person really disappointed you as a result. Like getting sick on whiskey once, you never did whiskey mm-hmm. again. Yeah. I look at the joints. Wait a minute. I look at the joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. I look at your neck, upper back, lower back, and sacral areas. I see a capacity for decreased height, decreased bone density, and change in range of motion in your lower back. Who do you live with? My fiance. A fiance. You're 46. <laughs> well, it's my third one, Mona Lisa. <laughs> okay. So, who was the person that disappointed you? My ex-husband. We most... So he he left he... me when I had a miscarriage. Okay, he's the whiskey. Yeah, he is because he was an alcoholic. Oh, so there you are. So you get disappointed with him, and now it's hard yeah. for you to commit to another relationship because... Yes, yes. And he was an alcoholic. Did he like whiskey? Yep. Son of a gun. His you know, you're going to talk to someone about it because too. you're going to... what? Say that again? His brother just died from alcoholism. Listen to me. What are the symptoms you have in your body? What kind of health problems? I have a lot of joint problems, you know, sore, sore joints, muscles, uh, tightness. You know, that's common for me. Um, I have indigestion and stomach issues. So you do have stomach. Uh, you do have stomach issues. You you do have joint problems. And yes, I do. Uh, and I have um, issues with ADD. Uh, okay, forget. Wait a minute. Hold on. You have problems. What you call it? Mess. You call it ADD. You have problems with change of range of motion. It's because your muscles feel very tight. You're like batting yes, down the are. hatches. Yeah. And you don't want to lose control. Yeah. So you're bracing yourself like a telephone <laughs> pole because yes. you don't want any accidents. So you're going to stand yes. there and not move. I'm terrified that te- to get married. I'm sorry? I'm terrified to get married. You're going to have to talk to someone about that because people who are terrified of getting married, they don't get engaged. I am. Sarah's helping me through it, <laughs> Mona Lisa. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you're going to have to uh, tell her that we talked yeah. on international radio. And I now will. I will. And hopefully your fiancé is not listening and you have not put large deposits down. Um, the no. second thing is, is, well, hold on, okay? When we come back, we're going to talk about how you can tell how your work is affecting your health. So stay with us as we talk about, is my boss making me sick? You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show, 
has been dedicated to work and bosses. We've learned that often work and our bosses are part of our intuitive guidance system that let us know how we're handling using all of our ability, all of our brain, all of our mind, and how our body is reacting to not just the boss, but someone in a family who the boss reminds. On the other hand, you could just have a real pain in the ass boss and your body's going to let you know through symptoms. We're going to go back to Audrey. Are you there, Audrey? Nope. Oh, we'll go back there. I keep forgetting to put these uh, buttons. I just, if that, I just if the, somehow, somehow God or the universe or an angel is going to press the button for me. And I don't understand why they're not <laughs> attending to this show. Listen, I want you to get a book called Skills Training, DBT, D as in dog, B as in boy, T as in tomahawk, and get someone who teaches DBT. It's a form of cognitive behavioral therapy based on Tibetan Buddhism and mindfulness. Have someone who teaches that go to www.behavioraltech.com. Have someone who teaches it teach you, dear man, like dear John, dear man. It's a kind of having a say, talking okay. to someone, or another word okay. is assertiveness. And clearly, you got an issue. But yeah. more than that, every relationship has a power. Marriage, for God's sakes, has a power. And the ones that you're scared, because at times they get their way, at times you get your way. I mean, just negotiating movies. <laughs> so this is a minefield. Who left a sink, a fork in the sink? Who gets to say, you know, I don't want that fork in the sink. You're not the boss of me. Oh, my God, you use the word boss. Who oh, makes more money? Can I tell you? <laughs> I'm warning you, run, don't walk, and get that person. It's often used for people who have depression, anxiety, that's medication-resistant, either meaning you can't, the medicine doesn't work, or you're resistant to taking it. It's also used for people with PTSD, which you may have, but we're not getting into that. It's also used for people with bipolar 2 or borderline personality disorder. I've taken it, and I've taught it. So I want you to know, basically, if you want to learn how to use your brain and work your body, Run, don't walk, and get it, okay? Good luck. Thank you so much for calling and listening. I will to... see you when you come back. Thank you. Yes, and say hello to um, Sarah for me, okay? I will. Okay, see you next time. Sarah Bye-bye. is brilliant. We, we are she teaching is. a class. Yes, she is. Sarah Griscom <laughs> is, is brilliant. She teaches with me shamanic medical intuition, and we'll be teaching a course come this spring. I'm going to figure out how and to do it over the And you got to go because it's amazing. Oh, you're very kind. We will go to... Line two, Camilla, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Oh, hi. How are you, Dr. Lisa? Um, I'm okay. Dr. Mona, sorry. <laughs> it's okay, Dr. Mona um, Lisa is what it is. Um, yeah, I was calling because I, I three years ago I had a pulmonary embolism, and it was at work, actually. But uh, thankfully, it was okay in the end. Um, ever since then, there's been something or other that's come up, and thankfully it's like, Treatable, um, but recently I've been having. Hey, okay, stop, 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 stop. Uh huh. The first thing I see is you. The problem is, is you have, you have a kind of blindness. You have a great capacity to see someone's best side. Yeah. 
and you put a blind eye to the difficulty. So you really have to have someone else see the environment to know it. Because it's almost like you're driving blindfolded. And there's something going on in the family and at work. And you're like the peanut butter and jelly that's coming out from the two, between the two people, the pieces of bread. On one hand, I see a person in a family who's used to having people at their beck and call. Right, yep. But that person has got a good heart, and mm-hmm. you only see the positive in that person. On the other hand, you see someone else who is in charge, yeah, but hides their aggression, irritability, and moodiness in a not-so-straightforward way. You are not able to see the difficult nature of the person in the family, and as a result, you pick it up from the person at work, and you're not able to name it either. Who is the person in the family that is used to people being at their beck and call? I think that's my daughter. Are you serious? (laughs) Okay, so that's complicated. So that's complicated. That makes complete sense. Because mothers who love their daughters often minimize their difficult traits, Mm. i.e. the blind eye. So when you go to work and you see someone who's like your daughter, you're going to minimize that person's difficult side as a result mm-hmm. being blinded to the negative effects of your health by their personality. Wow. Do you understand? I understand. Who at work is like your daughter? Well, the interesting thing is, is actually, as you're saying that, it's my boss, but she's not like my daughter. She's more like my mother. It skips a generation. Mm. I understand that you're not going to see it, but you don't see that you're not like your mother, but your daughter is more similar to your mother. And you're not able to see how your daughter and your boss are similar. So you understand that's, I don't know, a transitive equation. Your mother is like your boss, and your boss is similar to your daughter. So therefore, genetically, your mother and daughter have similarities. Mm -hmm. But you grew up to be the opposite of your mother, and you overcompensated, so you got your daughter. That is so true. So now you're going to tell me what your mother is like. We're going to find out that you're the opposite. And as a result, you enculturated your daughter to be like that. And that's why your boss irks you, if you can follow that game. I think so. So in other words, let's just say your mother's black, you become white, you overcompensate, and your daughter gets those other qualities because you overcompensate. Mm-hmm. Tell me, and that's not a racial thing. It's just like you go 180 degrees from, give me an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A parent of mine 
is very, very cheap and frugal. So when I make money, I overindulge people. I give, 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 give. Are you following me? And as a result, I actually got breast cancer. But as a result, I attract people who take, take, take and are frugal and never give. Right, 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 right. Which is why I tied my tubes, because I knew that I would spoil my kids. Yeah. I'd overgive to them, and they would be not very givers. Mm. You see how it it gives, you see? And the people who've worked for me, similar to this person, actually Mm. have cheated embezzled and taken but not given back i.e work right right. you understand so now you understand how it goes back and forth back and forth so what was the quality of your mother um well my mom when she raised me and my brother she was strong always working um she was of that generation that you didn't say i love you that you didn't hug so it's been um, she's a good mother. She's a somebody she's who's walled a off, faith. removed, and inaccessible. Like an emperor. Well, we're, we're, we're closer now. I know, but it doesn't matter we're. now. It has to do yeah. with what yeah, everybody says that because you. My point is, yeah, yeah. She's walled off, removed, in a loop. So you learn mm-hmm. to turn up the brights and be yes. warm. Yes. And engaging. Yes, and loving. I understand. Lovey, 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 dovey. And then you have to, you carry your mother's gene. Last time I checked, that's how it works. Unless you were adopted. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? No, correct. And so what is your daughter like? She's an only child. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think I need to say more than that. That's Tourette syndrome. I didn't ask that. What is she like? Um, she's got a warm heart, but she is spoiled. And your boss? Ah, uh, she's cold. She's cold, and she is. Um, she can be cutting, and I think people cold is really who the are spoiled tend to not feel warm because they don't spend a lot of time giving. Mm. They take. I look at your head. I see work, 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 work. I sound like Celine Dion. As a result, I see that you work on overdrive. You You take whatever body fat you do have, convert it via progesterone to excess cortisol and excess estrogen. The cortisol, like being taking steroids, makes you have problems with blood sugar, insulin, and metabolism. The estrogen can go increase your chance toward having increased body fat, but also a kind of heaviness and having fluid. I look at your neck, I look at your thyroid, I look at your heart. I see problems with cholesterol and triglycerides. I see capacity to have problems with your right upper quadrant and your abdomen near your liver and gallbladder. I can't figure out if you're intolerant of fat, oil, what that is. I see problems with abdominal distension, bloating, and once again, body image, problems with insulin, blood sugar, and metabolism. 
you'll say it's your thyroid, but excessive estrogen from body fat can block your thyroid. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, uterus, left ovary, red ovary, and cervix if you still have them. Excess estrogen, deficient progesterone, makes you borderline depressed, but now you have changes in hormones and excess cortisol by work, 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 makes you have problems with fatigue, dragginess, problems with focus and attention. I wonder if your lower extremities feel heavy, like weighted down. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Uh, Lately, it's been cognitive issues, short-term memory, um, anxiety. Um, That's the changes. That's excess estrogen deficient progesterone. You know what you need to do? No, please tell me. You're going to be on breast rest. How tall are you? Five feet. How much do you weigh? Uh, about 215. So you do have excess weight. Mm-hmm. That's third shocker. You have a hyperactive responsibility. Claim. How old is your daughter? Yeah. How uh, old is your daughter? 20, 21. It's time to close the cafeteria. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. You know what that means? Because all the weight you have is excess fat, and that fat is making estrogen, and that's going to your breasts, which makes you a breast on a stick. You're going to stop mothering your daughter, overgiving, so you can feel warm between her. You can feel the bond. Stop trying to be the opposite of your mother. Okay. You can feel love by not giving. Think about it. I'm going to repeat that. Yeah. You're not a you're not a human incarnate of a Hallmark card. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. 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 Recently, I heard somebody say, did you get the calendar I sent you? And the daughter said, I thank you for it. Does that not sound cold, distant, and a lack of gratitude? Yeah, it does. It It sounds a little insolent, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Give less. And I mean, don't say, when you say but... You need to get joy by not being responsible or working for love. You're working for it. Do you understand? I do. You're used to working your way into someone's heart. You did it for your mother. You're doing it with your daughter. Get someone who can help you with your mothering addiction. Because when you don't do it, you literally go into withdrawal. Do you understand? I do, I understand. You don't feel loved or needed if you're not giving. Mm -hmm. You have to do this. You'll just keep gaining weight. Yeah, and I try and I can't can't get it No, you can't. I want you to talk to a bariatric doctor because it's hard for you to lose weight given all of those ghrelin, G-H-R-E-L-I-N, receptors in your stomach. Mm-hmm. It increases your chance for insulin, blood sugar, frankly, diabetes. And the fatigue is that all those inflammatory mediators Lots of from, from the body fat because not only do the lymph vessels 
leading from your digestion, they're clogged with fat. And so as a result, immune system can't get to your GI tract. The bacteria overgrow and they release inflammatory mediators. So you get the brain fog. Right. Do you understand? Right. Got to do something about this. Fast. Or you will get fourth chakra problems. Heart, breast, and lungs. Are you the person that had the PE? Yes. Fourth center, Missy. Fourth center. That has to do with mother and daughter. Capiche? Wow. Capiche. And you want to think, you think it's right church, wrong pew. You think it's the boss. Did you get it? Yeah. Good good luck. You take it easy. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. We will go to line five. Erin, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. How are you doing? Thanks for taking my call. How can I be of help? We're going to be fast because we have, um, we're going to be cut off at 5.59. Okay, I just uh, got out of a toxic work environment last year um, and started my own business uh, mid this year. Okay, hold on. I want you to understand something. Hold on. First of all. Yep. Toxins are very interesting. In our brain, in any cell, we have this system. It's like taking the garbage to the curb and the garbage people pick it up on a certain day a week. When we get angry, it creates a whole chemistry and any emotion, chemistry, the neurochemistry builds up. If if we stay stuck in an emotion, the products of those neurotransmitters build up. We have to move from one emotion to the other. But if we don't, cellular mediators hang around like trash at the, in, your bo- in your house, in your cells. In our brain, it's cellular debris builds up. Those are called plaques and tangles. We have problems with brain fog, focus, attention, slowing in our thoughts, and slowing of our movements. And that's a buildup, a holding on of the past and not being able to do new things. We're afraid of change. When I look at you, I see a relationship with someone who's charming, charismatic, and attractive that you're going to tell me things are better. There's not a problem anymore. You tried to have a partnership with this person and the third person interfered. Who is that person? Uh, you're saying I tried to have a partnership with somebody and a third person interfered and, um, from a work with? Who do you, wait a minute, forget about the work for a second. Who do you live with? Okay. I live with my partner of 15 years and we have two kids together. Um, but well, maybe you mean my old boss because he was like, that was part of the toxicity, I guess was. What happened? Well, it was, it was more like my career. I just, I'd had enough of it. And, you know, I was working in the capital markets and really sick of being part of this money exchange. And my boss is, is still a good friend of mine, but it was 
uh, you know, just very stressful. He didn't take a lot of accountability and when we traveled, he'd hit on me and Okay, you know, that's it. it like, that's it. Wait, 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 back it up. Back okay. it up. You okay. want to keep talking about words. You want to keep talking about buzzwords like capital responsibility. I saw affairs. Or a semblance of that. No, no, listen. Stop sound like a professional. You're on a radio show here. <laughs> Do you understand? I saw the appearance of an affair. You had a boss and he was hitting on you in plain English. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You were traveling and he was hitting on you. You can say whatever you want to say. You can say it's toxic. Toxic is not helpful. It's a buzzword. It's a therapeutic word. Let's put it this way. It was sexual harassment. You understand? Hello. If you can't name, yeah. I hate to quote Dr. Phil, but if you can't name it, you can't fix it. He was hitting on you. He wanted sex. Like a chihuahua rubbing his, you know what, yeah. on the on the kitchen, on your leg, okay? That's yeah. what happened. Got I remember... I remember my mother was on the phone once and she was there for a long time. So we had a chihuahua. He came around and he wet. He lifted his leg and went right on her leg. <laughs> it was funny because <laughs> it was claiming his territory. He thought he was in charge, even though he was a yeah. little chihuahua. You were, he was your boss. Yeah. And that's yeah. the problem with that. It's not a relationship issue. It no. is an no, assertion. Yeah. Really it's an assertion of dominance. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's like, in fact, rape. Everybody thinks rape is a, a sex thing when it isn't. It's an act of mm-hmm. dominance and aggression. You mm-hmm. didn't like it. By saying no. toxic work environment, you can't take a right brain emotion, bring it to your left, name it, you're angry, respond effectively, and release it. By saying toxic, right. it sits in your brain, and you can't take trash to the curb. So it fester, fester, rot, rot. Right, Do you right. understand? You could say toxic's <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, oh, I, I, I was next to the Xerox machine or the copier and I inhaled crap. Or people used to talk too loud. Or I don't know what. Or I, they didn't do their work. It's not specific enough. Hello? It was an affair. He tried to have an affair on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If totally. you can't name it, you can't fix it because mm-hmm. worse yet, it could happen again. Mm-hmm. How are you going to figure out how to handle that nuance unless you can't name it? Right. Right. Do you get it? So mm-hmm. what did you do? Because I had that situation with someone and I said, you so, do this again, yeah. you do this again. And he did it in front of his wife. And she said, why don't you get a room? And I looked very pained. And so I ignored him for two weeks because discussing it didn't work. And so I just did behavioral. Well, you know, like you ignore them. Then he Mm -hmm. did it again. And I said, don't touch the merchandise. (laughs) He did it again. So we put him on furlough for another two weeks because apparently they don't understand. Do not touch me. Do you understand? The point of the matter is, if you have difficulty in this scenario, you're going to have trouble in another one because it doesn't matter if you're running your own business. A customer could hit on you. Your customers are your bosses. Yeah. Do you get it? Yeah. Yeah. A policeman can hit on you. 
Right. A judge, if you were in court, could do it to you. Well, how are you going to maneuver each one of those individual situations? You can't just say it's toxic. Oh, for God's sake. Can I tell? No, you can't do that. You can't just say it's a boundary. No. What's a boundary? How do you measure it? Do you you have a scan for it? No. You have to figure out the skillful way of managing it. Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Growing up, was there an environment in which someone played fast? and loose with sexual mores. Yeah. A little. No, see how a little? See how you can't just say it's a boundary? It's not just a screen window. It's a screen window with holes somewhere and storm glass on another. What happened with problems with sexual mores a little? Well, I was young you know, in a neighborhood and the boys were curious and I got talked into doing something that I don't like. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> therefore, you want to just wait a minute, wait a minute, I want to show you something and we only have two minutes yeah. and we're going to go off. I'm going to say this very quickly. So that makes yeah. you feel bad because it makes you feel like yeah. you went along with it and you liked it, but you didn't like it, but you didn't know how to say no. Do you yeah. understand? So you could say that was a toxic situation. You could say it was a boundary issue situation when boundaries are not just closed or open they're a selective and their context sometimes that's subtle and sometimes it's not sometimes you say if you do that again i'm going to take out your lungs with a mellow scope on the other hand you say don't do that please you have to figure out how to do this with assertiveness do you understand don't say boundary don't say toxic it doesn't help you I want to thank you for welcoming your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on The Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, Don't take your dreams lying down.